Hey there, welcome to another edition of the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. We're talking about love this week, the good, the bad, parts that make you insane. And do not worry, uh, we got a little something for everyone. Uh, we're going to hear from comedian Naomi Ekperigin, who hosts a fascinating and funny podcast with her actual fiance. It's called Couples Therapy. Plus, one of our very favorite poets, Anis Mojgani, will stop by to perform a beautiful love poem that he had to update after he got divorced. That'll happen sometimes, even to poets. Then we're going to wrap things up with some music from the war and treaty. They are married. They often sing about their relationship, the highs and the lows. Roses are red, violets are blue. But we got some live wire coming up just for you. I don't know. Look, the point is, it all gets started right after this. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, Elena. Hey, Luke. How's it going? (laughs) Wow, you have on... Some celebratory Valentine's Day shades. Is this because this is your first Valentine's as an officially married person? No. I went to the party city and there I got like a 20-pack of these and I'm going to give them to my students for our Zoom literary reading on Friday. Those are like the perfect look for this show that we're going to do this week because it's going to be about love. Should we get going? Let's do it. Molly, are we rolling? We're rolling. All right. Take it away, Elena. From PRX, it's Livewire! Recorded from our actual houses, welcome to the Livewire house party. This week, comedian Naomi Ekparagin, poet Anis Moshgani, and music from the War and Treaty. I'm your announcer, Elena Passarello, and now, from a small room just off his kitchen, the host of Livewire, Lou. Oh, thank you so much, Elena Passarello. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we got a fun one in store for all of you. Um, of course, as we like to do each week, we posed a question to the Livewire listeners. This week, we asked folks to write a Valentine to an inanimate object. Hmm. And <laughs> we're going to read through some of those coming up a little bit later in the show. <laughs> First, though, it is time for the best news we've heard all week. 
This is the part of the show where we like to highlight some of the good news from the week because that is a thing that can also happen. Good news. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. We're going to focus on that right now. Uh, Elena, what's the best news you've heard all week? Oh, I've been waiting for this news. The best good news is the kind of good news you're anticipating because, okay. you know, you're always like, oh, what if it doesn't happen? Uh, right. Many people, not just myself, have been waiting with bated breath to see if this particular albatross would hatch her chick this year. This is the surprisingly old albatross, right? That's somewhere in the middle of the Pacific? Midway Island, yes. This is a Lazon albatross named Wisdom. She is the world's oldest known banded bird. She's at least 70 years old. And she, as of last week, was still sitting atop a nest with her, something like her 39th or her 40th chick, because they only lay like one egg every year, every other year. And all of these cameras were trained on her. And there's been all these like watch things all over the internet. And um, she, you know, co-parents with her long-term partner, Goo, or Mr. Goo. <laughs> okay. And because uh, his band is G-O-0-0-0. And it's the cutest thing. There's tons of video if you want to go online and see it. That's amazing. That's actually a, a perfect story for you to pick this week, Elena, because it kind of helps with the little theme we're doing here oh. uh, of, of, of older people and, and older animals doing kind of amazing things. Uh, the hottest singer on TikTok right now is not Doja Cat or no. even Jason Derulo. It is <laughs> Amy Hawkins. It's a long way to Tipperary to the sweetest girl I know. Farewell. Piccadilly, farewell, Esther Square. This is 110-year-old <gasps> Amy Hawkins. She is the oldest woman in Wales. And her great-grandson was visiting her when they were celebrating the fact that she became the oldest woman in Wales. Wow. And she apparently loves to sing. She loves to dance. She's very active. And so her great-grandson filmed her on his phone oh. and put that rendition of A Long Way to Tipperary on TikTok. And now it's one of the more popular trending <laughs> musical performances <laughs> on TikTok. I love this story for a bunch of reasons. One, my friends and family are often telling me I, at age 44, am too old to be on TikTok. TikTok. And now here is a person <laughs> who is more than twice my age, which I feel like gives me a lot of clearance, which I appreciate. Uh, and apparently she is a total ham. She is now obsessed with her TikTok views. Ah! Uh, her, her granddaughter said, she's like a clock. Once you wind her up, she won't stop. She just keeps asking, would you like another one? As in, would you like me to record another oh, song for TikTok? She was, so she was a performer when she was like seven and it was World War One. And this song, Long Way to Tipperary, was kind of like, uh, it was a, a marching song uh -huh. for the British Army. And she was a little sort of, uh, you know, stage performer as a kid, and she loved it, but her mother thought it was a bit undignified. And so she told her that her, her singing career was over. And now, like, 103 years later, she's blowing up. <laughs> so I guess the lesson learned uh, is it's never too old to get that online clout. And that is the best news we heard all week. You're listening to the Livewire House Party from PRX. 
All right, Valentine's Day is this weekend, uh, so we are going to be sort of talking about love on the show, which is something our first guest has really become an expert on. Naomi Ekperigin co-hosts the popular podcast Couples Therapy uh, with her actual fiancé, Andy. They basically have real couples come on stage, you know, in the normal times. This is in front of a crowd in L.A. Uh, Naomi's also an actor and a comedian. She's got her own Comedy Central half-hour special. In fact, we're going to hear some of her stand-up Right now. Take a listen to this. It's Naomi Ekparagin, recorded live at the Alberta Rose Theater back in 2019. Look, you know we're in some trying times. Y'all listen to public radio. Y'all woke-ish, at least. But I feel like it's like when I go to, to new, mostly white places, I'm on edge a little, just a little. You know, the racists are out, okay? They have come out of their hidey holes like bigoted meerkats. And you have to look alive. And I feel like Portland, like, there is something about, like, the hipster dude that I am, like, I get on edge. I get a little judgment. Think about it like a certain hipster dude, right? The guy who's got like the sleeve tattoos, the trucker cap, the thick beard to hide his identity. <laughs> I was walking these streets of Portland. One of them passed me by. I was like, okay, are you a white supremacist or do you brine your own pickles? <laughs> Which one? Which one is it? And you're not gonna know till it's too late. That's the danger of it all, you know? So it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to adjust, because the times have changed. I have myself a Jew boo that is a Jewish boo, and thank you, the love is real. But because I'm black and he's white, everyone's very like into us having kids. They're very excited for this concept. They're like, oh my God, your babies are gonna be so cute. You have to have babies, they're gonna be so cute. And it's like, it's just gonna be beige, okay? <laughs> Why? Why is everybody freaking out over something that's gonna be taupe? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't wanna have babies. I don't understand, like, it's not that I don't like kids, but the idea of like making a baby from my womb, that feels so extra, don't you think? <laughs> It feels so, it's like, what am I trying to prove? You know, why do I have to make it? I don't think I have that great DNA. Like, is anybody sitting here like, oh, we got, we got to really, we got to get this DNA out there. There's a Nobel laureate in this uterus. No, not going to happen. You guys, I have clinical depression. I am half blind. I have had braces twice. The bloodline ends here. You know, to draw a line. Know yourself. And the closest I've come was fostering a dog. I know dogs and children aren't the same. But I will say, fostering a dog, because I'm a cat mother, two bouncing boys, one of whom's obese. It's a full-time job. But I really, I really wanted a dog, and we were like, let's foster, and that can be our dipping our toes into having a dog. And here's the thing I realized, okay? I don't like people. And when you have a dog, you have to interact with people. They expect eye contact. They're trying to get in there. They're approaching them like, is she friendly? And I'd be like, no, I'm not. You know, 
Shut it down! <laughs> That's how it was! Because this, this dog we had, okay, we named her Crunchy. And she was gorgeous. Okay, she had Dobby the house elf kind of ears. She had rich brown eyes like a person, all right? It was like she was telling you a story. That was, you can't have a gorgeous dog and be mean. That's not right, okay? You cannot create content in the world and not engage with your audience, okay? I realized this dog is too hot for me. She is a conversation starter. And that's not who I am. So now she's on a farm somewhere living her best life. She is, she is thriving. She is, I still follow this dog on Instagram, okay? I cannot let go. I'm just like, this was once my girl. You know, I'm very, very attached, very addictive. It's so good to, to be out of the house, to be in a new place, because normally I'm sitting in the house watching true crime shows. So this is a change. It's good for me. You guys, you, do you read books? Is that what you're into? <laughs> Learning stuff about stuff? I just watch murder shows, and I have to stop. There's so many. Okay, I'm talking, I'm watching Snapped. I'm watching Fatal Vows. I'm watching Wives with Knives. It's real. I'm watching something I just found called Swamp Murders. Which is exactly what you think it is. You find a body in a swamp, you work your way back. And it is a full hour, okay? I'm on the edge of my seat. And I don't know why I keep watching these shows, because they're like making me so stressed out. It makes everyone a suspect. I can't relax. I was at home one time, and I was sitting at home on the couch, and I was in the middle of a run of forensic files. And a run is when I'm watching anywhere from three to 12 episodes in one sitting, all right? So I'm in for the night. And then I get a knock on my door in the middle of this. Y'all, you can't knock on my door during forensic files. I am on edge. I am a jungle cat in that moment. And I like go to the door and I just open it a crack. I give him half a spectacle, all right? Because if you open it any wider, he gets a foothold. That's a home invasion, all right? So you want to give it a crack. And I'm like, who is it? And he's like, hey, it's your neighbor. I'm like, which unit? You have to ask, okay? Because they'll find a way to trick you. And then he's like, I live upstairs and he goes, um, sorry to bother you, but I'm putting in blinds and I was wondering if I could borrow a drill. <laughs> borrow a drill? <laughs> okay, okay, I've seen this episode, all right? I'm not giving you a drill. It's gonna have my fingerprints on it, your fingerprints on it. They ain't cracking that case. I was shaking. I can't be neighborly. And then Jubu and I got into a little fake argument about, about it, because I was like, don't you give him no drill. And he's like, we have to be neighborly. And, it, and you know, eventually he won out because he is a soul. So we helped. But I was very, I was very against it. I was so not having it. I think I what I love most about my relationship now is that we can argue. Don't you, like, I feel like once you can, like, argue and be real, you're like, oh, this is it. I can relax now. I can tell you about yourself, you know? <laughs> That's all I ever wanted. Because the thing is, like, when we first moved in together, I was just so afraid. 
if we're living together, how will I suck in my stomach forever? You know what I mean? How are you supposed to live? It's too much. And so then, like the first, the first six months we lived together, I was just like a pregnant actress in a sitcom. You know what I mean? Like standing behind couches to deliver my monologues. Holding large empty boxes for no reason. Thank you guys so much, that's my time. This is the Live Wire House Party coming to you from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank at my house, Elena Passarello, checking in from her house. We are listening to Naomi Ekperigan's appearance on our show back in 2019. And we have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to talk to Naomi about the Couples Therapy podcast that she co-hosts with her fiancé. Uh, and we're going to put her relationship knowledge to the test, which could come in handy this Valentine's Day weekend. So do stay with us. This is LiveWire. Hey, Elena. Hey, Luke. I didn't see you there. It's that time of year again. My seasonal allergies are back. Oh, congratulations. But also, it's our spring member drive, which is happening right now through May 17th. Oh, I like that much more than seasonal allergies. Yeah, if you are not yet a member of LiveWire's League of Extraordinary Listeners, well, now is the time to do it. Why? Well, because this League of Extraordinary Listeners uh, is what keeps the lights on over at LiveWire, Inc., uh, which is definitely not the association that we are part of. I'm probably a 501c3. They don't let me near any of the paperwork mm -hmm. or bookkeeping, and it's really better that way. Yes. Point is, we, we are only able to keep doing this show because of support from our members, and we would love it if you could join us in that right now. Plus, there are all kinds of sweet perks, including uh, special discounted tickets to live recordings, on-air shout-outs, exclusive content. Uh, and, Elena, uh, one more thing, that, of course, we would not be a self-respecting public radio show if we didn't offer this. If we didn't offer the most iconic public radio swag of all time, a tote bag. True iconic status. Yeah, but it's not just any tote bag. This is like a really good tote bag. It's got a second zipper, an internal zipper. Yes, whatever you want to put in the tote bag, that's your business, okay? What we're mm -hmm. here to talk about is you keeping LiveWire going. So head on over to LiveWireRadio.org to see the various member levels. It does not matter how much you are giving every month to LiveWire. It just matters that you do it because it goes a long way for us. So thank you. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, and reunions. Oh, my, there's so much going on. Get the most out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic Drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night, drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com slash livewire to get 15% off your first order when you use livewire at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash livewire and use the code livewire at checkout for 15% off. Thank you to Zbiotics for sponsoring this episode and our good times. 
Welcome back to the Livewire House Party from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. All right, let's jump back into our conversation with comedian Naomi Ekparrigan. We recorded this back in 2019 at the Alberta Rose Theater in Portland. Let's talk about your podcast, which Ooh. I am loving. It's oh. called Couples Therapy. It's yeah. you and your actual husband. Well, okay, technically have been engaged six years. Is that? <laughs> I spent like half of today trying to suss out what the exact status of your relationship is. Yes, six year engagement, going strong. Okay. Yep, yep. You co-host this show, and what's so genius about it is uh, you guys talk a little bit about your life and your relationship, and then also part of it is from a live show that you do in Los Angeles, where you have people do comedy, kind of two people who've been in a relationship or are in a relationship or are exes, yep. do comedy together. Yeah. The stakes are high. <laughs> okay, I will say we actually had one duo, uh, two comics who were a couple. They got engaged shortly after doing our show. Was it Ooh. us? Can we take that credit? <laughs> I will. I think you should. Um, thank you. Um, but no, definitely. It's always, it's really fun because it's obviously, we know a lot of comedians. He and I met in the comedy world. And so we knew how many people were couples or friends and, you know, siblings or just people who are always together. And they get to do stuff they don't normally do, right? It's totally different from the regular set. They get to be together and tell crazy stories <laughs> or make us all wonder where it all went wrong. One of the things I really love, we're talking to Naomi Ekparrigan. One of the things I love about the podcast is I love hearing you and your partner talk. Your, your interactions are really fun. Um, and you must get asked about this a lot. Like what day to day, what's the experience of being partnered with somebody who is also a comedian? Like, are you, have you heard his five jokes at this point? And are you tired of them? Like, is it actually a more fun thing than being with like a civilian? Oh, I doubt it, because what I learned being in this relationship, which is the longest relationship I've been in, I didn't realize how much most relationships are just, like, planning to watch TV together. You know what I mean? Like, being in a couple is literally like, did you watch it? Don't watch it without me. And so that's most of what we're doing. You know, just, like, watching a show. Trying not to scroll on your phone. Yeah. So do you find, I mean, are, do you guys, are you guys joking around pretty constantly? Like, is that, are you, as you're making the plans to watch TV, no. is it, like, are you being funnier versions of yourself on the podcast? I think so. We're being f funnier versions or maybe um, more energetic versions, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And we're not going to bicker. I don't think anyone wants to listen to two randos bicker. So we try to keep it light. And then Mike will go off, and I'll be like, why did you say that, Andrew? <laughs> like, really? Like, you got to go off, Mike. You have to respect each other on Mike. Yeah. It's working. You guys sound, like, very affectionate towards each other. Oh, thank you. No, we do love each other. It's not a total lie. <laughs> <laughs> love is real. The love is real. No. But, I mean, come on. Two comedians. It's a sad, delicate house with emotional eating. <laughs> That's all we're doing. That's all we're doing. <laughs> One of the things that you mentioned on the podcast that really resonated with me, because I have the same, I don't know, sort of weird hang up is you because you're a touring comic as well. And you go around the country and you were saying oh, sometimes when you're going to be in a town where, you know, it's not some place where you've been a lot and know people, you get worried that like people aren't going to come out or they're going to come out and resent <laughs> you because <laughs> like people think of comedy as an idea of a thing. Right. So they'll just come out to a comedy show and they don't know who the comics necessarily they don't know if the comic style is interesting to them. A lot of bachelorette parties. Yes. Bachelorette parties are the natural predator of stand-up comedy, <laughs> I feel. 
like they shouldn't be allowed to have drinks. They should be forced to have water. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, something, when you see them coming in, it's like, uh-uh, don't let them. Don't ply them. Like a zero drink maximum. Max. <laughs> Thank gotcha. you. Yeah. But then it's like fun when you have a lot of first dates because I do like to play with that awkward energy. Yeah. Whoever, whoever in the couple seems like a little bit shyer, I'll just start asking the other person questions. <laughs> Are you a couple? And then it's like that look between them. You know what I mean? They're like, answer me. I'm going to help you get to the bottom of your relationship <laughs> in front of all these people. Real, I will do it. And we will not move on until I get my answers. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi Ekperigan, everyone, right here on Livewire. Uh, Naomi, you're obviously very smart. You obviously give great relationship advice. Thank you so much. We wanted, though, to really test those skills here in a little segment that we call Let's Get Quizzical. Let's get quizzical. was buttery right live wire house band all right you uh co-host a podcast called couples therapy which got us kind of thinking a lot of the relationships in books and movies that we love the people in those books and movies could have really used some therapy mm-hmm. so this is how we're going to get quizzical we're going to tell you about a couple from a book or a movie what their particular drama was you have to try to guess if they ended up staying together or if they broke up okay i'm going to give you a scenario okay In this classic book, a young woman works for a guy teaching his kids. She discovered he'd previously been married and his wife is still pretty close to him. She flees, then returns, only to find the guy's first wife has burned his house down. Do you think this couple had a breakup or did they, in fact, make up? Okay, what? Is this a real housewife book? (laughs) This sounds dynamic. Now, (laughs) she comes back. Yes. House burned down. Yeah. Yeah, she stayed with him. <laughs> you're, you're 100% right. Don't you just feel, yeah. They did make up. This is the plot to the book Jane Eyre. Oh, oh them, them girls back then. Yeah, right? You know what I mean? Just waiting for your second cousin to love you. <laughs> Those are your options back then. It was your second cousin. All right. In this epic and sprawling story, a guy drags his love all over a vast landscape even though she is literally making him crazy, ultimately lets her fall into a fiery mountain during a fight. Do you think this couple got over that and made up, or did the fire basically seal the breakup? Yeah, they broke up. You're exactly right, Naomi. Good job. That is the plot to Lord of the Rings. (laughs) That's basically Frodo and the Ring. Oh, I see what you did there. And being thrown. I didn't do it. I don't write any of this. Are you kidding me? Okay. In this film, a guy who works for a big corporation tries to put a woman's local store completely out of business. But it turns out there's an attraction online, even though in real life they're actively trying to destroy each other's livelihoods. Did these people end up making up or breaking up? You know what? They ended up making up because they're both sick and suffering. (laughs) You are absolutely right, Naomi. That is the plot to You've Got Mail. So messed up. Do you think they stayed together after the movie? After that, you know, they get together, they kiss on the bridge. Do you think, as, your, as a relationship expert, that their relationship went the distance? I think so, but it means somebody's not healthy in that relationship. Mm-hmm. It went the distance, but that's because somebody said, I don't need a dream. That ain't right. <laughs> don't you right, think? Right. 
Uh, as a as a noted relationship expert <laughs> and a relationship haver yourself, yeah. what is your opinion on rom coms? Okay, when I was young, I loved them. You know what I mean? Before I actually had a relationship with a person, I was like, this seems great. If I take my glasses off, it'll all happen for me. (laughs) Take that pencil out of your hair. (laughs) Take the glasses off. A slow shake and love (laughs) is possible. But then once you become an adult and realize how complicated it all is, you're like, these movies are dangerous. (laughs) Well, great job on the quiz. Thank you so much. Perfect score. Naomi Ekperrigan, everybody, right here on Livewire. That was Naomi Ekperrigan, recorded back in 2019, right here on Livewire. Uh, An update on what Naomi has been up to. She and her fiancé, Andy, they are still going strong. Glad to hear somebody's relationship is working out. As uh, is their podcast, Couples Therapy, uh, which they're still doing even during the pandemic. They also host a comedy show on Twitch every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All right, this is the Live Wire House Party of course, each week we like to ask the Livewire listeners a question, and this being a Valentine's weekend, uh, we ask the listeners to write a Valentine to an inanimate object. Elena, what are folks sending in? Well, people's Valentines took two forms, Burbank. Okay. Either like a love letter or mm-hmm. verse, like a love poem. I want to do the letters because then I can pretend that I'm Delilah. Oh, that's great. I'm going to read them in like my special like love letter voice. Here you go, sweet spirits. Here's one from Tracy. You comfort me every day without hesitation. You give me the freedom to do whatever I want while being incredibly supportive. I love you, elastic waistband. (laughs) (laughs) Now here's Peter Cetera and Amy Grant with Next Time I Fall in Love. Next time I fall So so that one, that's a love letter to their elastic waistband. I have a feeling a lot of us have been really enjoying the miracle of science that is elastic over the yeah. course of the last year. NGB, never going back. There are just so many things that I just don't think are ever returning, and mm-hmm. we're fine with it. Like, you know, um, belts. Yes. Snaps. Yeah. All ladies' foundation garments. Goodbye. What's another love letter to an inanimate object from one of our listeners? This one's from Chris. Dear Gravity, if it weren't for you, I don't know where I'd be today. You make me feel so attractive. If I ever feel like I'm drifting away, I'm pulled right back in. Thanks for being such an important part of my life. (laughs) Oh, man. Is gravity even an inanimate object? It's like a force of the universe. Yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah. I like it. All right. Another one if you got them. Okay. How about a a, a love poem? Okay. This is from Lori. Roses are red. Cookies are yummy. Is that really an entire box of Thin Mints in my tummy? <laughs> I guess Thin Mints is the Valentine. I'm not sure. I know that the, the uh, Girl Scouts this year are teaming up with one of the, um, you know, like delivery services that everybody's using to get stuff, deli- food delivered to their houses. Is that right? So just for this year, hopefully by next year, we'll all be back to uh, full human interaction. Okay. Uh, maybe one more uh, love letter to an inanimate object. How about this one? This is an ode from okay. Eileen. Ode to my camp chair. 
Something that doesn't love the ground is my butt. After an arduous <laughs> hike, oh, chair of mine, sprung into position, uncomplaining, soft yet supportive, curving in all the right places, cradling me just so. Valentine forever. That's like <laughs> legitimately good writing. Uh, just to let you know, this is the Livewire House Party. And since we're talking about love this week, how about we hear some poetry from the Poet Laureate of Oregon, who is also a friend of the show. And he just has this way of putting his feelings into words in a way that always has me seeing the world differently. Yes. Which is one of the amazing things I think that poetry can do. Yes. Take a listen to this. It's our conversation with Anis Moshgani, recorded back in 2019 at the Alberta Rose Theater. Take a listen. Evening. Welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Um, what are you going to uh, start off uh, uh, presenting to us here? I was, was going to uh, do a poem. Okay. And it's a poem um, called Today's Love is brought to you by the letter John Sands. And just right quick, uh, my friend John Sands is a poet who, uh, he writes these poems that when I hear him share them to people, it makes me feel like I can pay my rent in a new dance move. And so there was something about this poem after I wrote it that felt like it had been written under the shade of a John Sands tree. And so thus it's called, Today's Love is Brought to You by the Letter John Sands. This is already one of the best poems I've ever oh, heard. Oh, well, that was it. And you're just setting it up. On for the evening. All right, take it away, Anise. High five me with your heart. High thousand me with your hearts. I know you have many of them. We all love many things. I love biscuits. I love little pancakes. I love cheeseburgers. I've loved more than just things that I chew with my mouth. I did love my wife. Sometimes I would chew my wife's shoulder in my mouth. Sometimes my wife, she was annoyed by this. But still, sometimes my wife did love me back. Some things that I've loved will never love me back. Random racist upon the street, while your rhetoric may anger me, I still have love for you, though you probably will not love me back. Walrus, I love you. Though were I to be around you, you would probably gore me with your tusks. Perhaps this is not a good example, as the wild unknowing of wild creatures is not necessarily the same as not loving something back. Perhaps also because I actually do not love the walrus. But simply mention him here, because there's a small figurine of a walrus on the coffee table as I write this poem. However... I do love the elephant. I love the elephant. However, he too would probably gore me with his tusks. Again, not out of unlove, but perhaps fear. I do not love fear, but I respect him and that he loves me, testing how well I carry the sword of my intent through the land of the midnight farm. 
the land of the midnight farm, it is a strange and scary place. There are perhaps serial killers and or possums lurking in its darkness. The serial killer may love me, but in no way that I wish to be loved. Their love may involve the removal of my skin and the wearing of it out to the club. The possum may love me, but I do not love the possum. In fact, I hate the possum solely because of how ugly I find the possum to be. And yes, I realize this is a very shallow reason to dislike something. So I'm trying, possum. I'm trying to not not love you so much. Instead, possibly just be ambivalent to your existence. But oh, I want to hate you like I hate the thought of bee stings, black people, and beans. I put black people in there just to see if y'all were paying attention. <laughs> I freaking love black people. I freaking love white people. Though sometimes I find both of them to be trifling. Don't get me wrong. The only mother that I've ever had is black. The only wife that I've ever had is white. But damn, if we humans aren't a trifling animal at times. But still, I love you, you mountains of trifle and futility, of perseverance and lightness, of incessant rowing towards the sun, even while facing it, wondering why there is no forward momentum. Turn around. Look at my many hands holding up my many hearts and a many high five salutation to you, Nina Simone, Paul Newman. So many things in this world I have loved. Rising with the sun, sleeping in late, little pancakes. And even though they didn't turn around once when she got gone, my wife's shoulders. Thank you. That is Anise Mosgani here on Livewire. That's really beautiful. And, and I, I've heard you do that poem before when it sounds like you were, your relationship was in a different status. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now that has changed. And you keep the poem and you adjust the, you know, the reality of the world makes its way into this poem. Yes. After my marriage was over, but and when it was in this like sort of like weird limbo, it was like I remember doing that poem, and it 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 felt as if I wasn't being truthful with myself mm. to my experience. And there's there's plenty of poets, friends of mine, who you know they're able to sort of like treat certain poems as theirs as as time capsules. And for me, it, it, I've tried that and it doesn't seem to work. And so specifically with this poem, it was a poem where I want to keep this in in my bag of tricks, you know, like, um, there's only oh so many funny poems I have, but what, how can I have it be what it is and still reflect the current truth? But it, it, it definitely, you know, I, I think there's something about the poem that um, became more what it, not necessarily what it's supposed to be, but it definitely became a different and more present and resonant shape in its second incarnation. Uh, can you share another poem? Yeah. The first, the first love poem I ever wrote was, 15 years ago. And um, the person that I wrote it for, they had posted a, a number of years ago a photograph on their Facebook page of a lemon tree in a little pot seated on their kitchen windowsill. And this caption that read, see the lemon tree I grew from a seed, how big you've gotten. And I thought, that is a really, really sweet sentiment. And then I thought, that is a really, really stupid sentiment. And <laughs> I had to write a poem about a lemon tree. And so this is what came out. This is Anish Mosgani here on Livewire. Oh, lemon tree, I grew from a seed. How big you have gotten. You were so little when you were a seed. And now so big. And soon you will carry such round and lovely lemons. Yellow and dimpled. 
When they grow too big for your thin branches and they leave this kitchen of mine, ask them not to forget it, this kitchen of ours. It is my favorite room in the house. Lemon tree, when you pick up to follow, please do think of me. I will think of you here when my hands are far too empty and my tongue is far too sweet. I will think of the quiet poem that was your shape. Lemon tree. <laughs> Please, bring a scarf with you. Wherever you end up, it may be cold. And if it isn't, perhaps you will one day travel to a place where it is. Thank you. Anis Mosgani, right here on Livewire. That was Anis Mojgani, recorded back in 2019. This is the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. That is Elena Passarello at her place. Uh, an update on Anise, along with being named Poet Laureate of Oregon. He was also recently included in uh, the incredible collection African American Poetry, 250 Years of Struggle and Song. Uh, that's an anthology that is edited by another former Livewire guest, and uh, all-around huge poetry deal, Kevin Young. Oh, yeah. So do go check that out if you get a chance. Special thanks this episode to Rachel Saslow of Portland, Oregon. Rachel is part of the Livewire member community and is generously supporting our show with a donation each month, which we are so grateful for because without that, we could not keep doing this week in and week out. So a huge thanks to Rachel Saslow for keeping live while you're going. This is Livewire from PRX. Our musical guests this week are a husband and wife duo that Rolling Stone calls one of Nashville's most thrilling new acts. Michael Trotter uh, learned how to play piano during his military service in Iraq as a means of coping with the extreme trauma that he was experiencing there. Um, and after he came home, he started performing at music festivals, including one where he met his wife, who is a fellow musician named Tanya, they joined musical forces and became The War and Treaty. Uh, they've collaborated with Emmy Lou Harris, they've toured with Al Green, and they performed at the uh, 2020 Grammys. Uh, we talked to them back in September of last year during the pandemic, and uh, I'm so excited for people to hear this performance. It was really just one of the highlights of, of doing these shows from home was getting to hear The War and Treaty. So take a listen to this. Tanya and Michael, welcome to the show. Hey. hey, how are you? <laughs> uh, how are you two? Where, where are you joining us from today? Home. We're at home. Which is <laughs> All the way in Tennessee, oh. Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, wonderful. Um, Michael, I know that you've told this story endless numbers of times, but it is fascinating. And for the listeners to our show that haven't heard it, the story behind how you actually learned how to play piano is really something. Could you kind of share that with us? Yeah. Um they looked at me when I got into Iraq and realized that I uh, was the weakest link. I was one of the soldiers out of 973 at the time who absolutely did not want to be in Iraq. 
Wow. I didn't want to be there fighting. I didn't want to do anything. I wasn't patriotic. I'm like, what in the heck have I done? I've screwed my life up. What was me? And in order to calm me down, they read in my file that I am a music freak, that I love music. And it just so happens that one of the palaces that we bombed happened to be Saddam's son. Hmm. But it was inherited. Mm-hmm. So it belonged to Saddam. Hmm. But um, Saddam had this piano in the basement. It was an upright black piano. And um, I went down there and, and they told me, hey, on your off time, whenever you feel worried and afraid, come down here and find home. So I taught myself how to play the piano on Saddam Hussein's piano. And you did not play any piano before this point. Like you were just like doing chopsticks and like hitting a couple of keys. What would you start out with? I'll be honest with you. My mother put me in piano lessons Mm. and I was in it for uh, half a day. (laughs) <laughs> so you had half a day of piano lessons under your belt yes and the instructor called my mother and convinced her with, with great words that we can't use on air that <laughs> I was not a good student <laughs> she needs to come get me but you know um, I come from a musical family my grandmother on my mother's side she plays the piano and my uncle Zelbert plays on my father's side and as I, as, when I was a little baby boy, I would mimic their movements and the sounds with my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I would play the back of the church pews. Like, <laughs> and I would do that with my mouth as like this little baby. And everyone just thought it was very interesting. You're still doing it. <laughs> and, and, and Tanya, I know that the, the music that, that Michael's created and that you've created together uh, a lot's been talked about about the emotional journey for Michael with PTSD and, and and things like that. For you, though, I'm wondering, what's the emotional component of making music with your husband as as the war and treaty? Really, just being vulnerable mm-hmm. and being able to tap into the deeper levels of myself and the deeper levels of the lyrical content that we come up with, um, because. You know, I think we all at some point get sad or, you know, have been slightly depressed, you know, but it's very different when you're dealing with a, a combat veteran who deals with combat PTSD. You know, mm-hmm. there's a level of compassion that you have to have and you have to go deeper in yourself to find that, you know. It's been a great journey for me, a learning journey for me as well, uh, to learn myself, to learn the deepest levels of myself and to learn Michael as we go along with these songs. And it's just amazing to me how many songs he can come up with and how much of the music that we make together is therapy, not just for him, but for me as well. All right, we have to take a very quick break. Uh, I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. Uh, This is the Livewire House Party. Uh, Don't go anywhere though, because when we come back, we are going to hear a song from the War and Treaty. Stay with us. Livewire is thrilled to be partnering with Portland's own Portal Tea this season. Formerly known as Tea Chai Tay, Portal Tea is the premier tea company in the Pacific Northwest. They make one-of-a-kind handcrafted tea blends like cinnamon churro chai and blueberry cream Earl Grey. Use the code LIVEWIRE, all lowercase, for 20% off at portaltea.co. Welcome back to the Livewire House Party. 
I'm your host, Luke Burbank, here with Elena Passarello. Uh, before we get back into this interview with the musical duo, The War and Treaty, just want to mention that the conversation you're about to hear uh, does discuss the effects of PTSD, uh, including suicidal thoughts. So heads up on that. Um, all right. Let's get back to our chat with The War and Treaty. You're going to play a song for us. What are we going to hear? Well, um, we're going to actually play a song called Five More Minutes. There's a story behind this song, as there seems to be for all yeah. of your music, right? What, what's, what's the story on this one? You know, and it's so, it's so weird because I'm starting to see a pattern here. That every story is sad, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, that's why we want to <laughs> yeah. liven things up a tad. But no, there is a, uh, a story. In 2017, I was done with failure. I was ready to, to end my life by suicide. And uh, I wasn't thinking about the state it would leave my wife and son in. I was just thinking about uh, how they could financially get some sort of break. Mm. And that's the thing I haven't, I haven't explained to other interviewers. But I would say, you know, life insurance money. I mean... Mm-hmm. I had tried everything as a male, as a man, and as a husband and a father, and I just kept getting slapped in the face, mm. door shut, mm. and I was tired. So somehow love snitched on me and told my <laughs> wife that, hey, this idiot over here is planning to do something kind of crazy that will alter this family. And my wife then notified the Albion Police Department, small town in Albion, Michigan, and they came to my home, and a uh, wife let them in, and I was sitting on the stairs, and she walked over to me, uh, and I had tears in my eyes. I was flooded, and she got on her knees in between my legs and grabbed me by my face and said, Honey, I know you've got this idea in your head of when you want to do this. I know you're tired, but I need five more minutes to love you. Mm. Please, just five more minutes. She would say, stay with me. Don't leave just yet. Just stay with me. Five more minutes. That's all I need. And the police, they were like, come on, Michael. Listen to her, man. Five minutes. You know. And I feel it's important for, our, for the listeners and our fan base and y'alls to, to know um, another side of, of our men and women that serve, especially uh, in the police department, especially in our country, given the current climate. Uh, not all are, are the same. Uh, these police officers... Uh, they weren't just trying to end this situation. They really believed in my wife's love for me, and mm. they really believed in uh, who I was to the community. Mm. And they really put it out there. Come on, Michael, man, we need you. You know, which reminds me of that quote Dr. King gave, judge not by the color of the skin, but judge by the contents of the heart. And apparently the contents of my heart was being judged at that moment. Mm. So I looked at my wife's eyes, and after her pleading and asking me for five more minutes, love then snitched on her and told me that uh, she needed me, and my son needs me, and I need Mm. to be here. And I gave her five minutes, and today, 2020, we're still in those five minutes. Yes. Wow. Let's hear that song then. Uh, this is the War and Treaty here on the Livewire House Party. Thank you, everybody. In five more minutes.
so soon It's like we just arrived Then I play the right tune For your pleasure tonight Stay That was The War and Treaty here on Livewire. Their latest album is Heartstown. Uh, you can uh, keep up with them over at their website, uh, including live stream shows that they're doing uh, over at thewarandtreaty.com. All right, before we get out of here, a little preview of next week's show. We are going to be talking to the rapper Talib Kweli from Blackstar and many other things. This guy has had a really, really interesting life and career. Uh, speaking of interesting lives and careers, we're also going to talk to George Saunders. <laughs> it's pretty much what as good show. as it gets when it comes to writers. <laughs> I know, right? And then we're going to also throw in some music from an artist named Gillette Johnson, who is this incredible musician that I've just become acquainted with. So it is going to be an all-around amazing show next week. Do not miss it. We also want to get your answers to our listener question, which is where our social media manager, Ariana Donoville, comes in. Hey, Ariana. Hey, Luke. 
Uh, what is the question for the listeners this coming week? What's your favorite word or phrase? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That can be read over the radio. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's the best way for the LiveWire listeners to submit the answer to the listener question? Listeners can submit their answer on our social channels. We're on Instagram and Twitter at LiveWire Radio, as well as on Facebook. All right. Ariana, thank you so much. Uh, that is going to do it for our show this week. A huge thanks to our guests, Naomi Ekperigan, Anis Mojgani, and The War and Treaty. Livewire is brought to you in part by Alaska Airlines. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Heather D. Michelle is our executive director. Tim Harkins is our production director. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. And Ariana Donneville is our marketing manager. Our house band for this episode was Ezra Rose, Ethan Fox Tucker, and A. Walker Spring, who also composed our music. Molly Pettit is our technical director, and she mixed this episode. Additional funding provided by the Oregon Arts Commission, a state agency funded by the state of Oregon and the National Endowment for the Arts. Livewire was created by Robin Tenenbaum and Kate Sokoloff. This week, we'd like to thank member Martin Jones from Austin, Texas. For more information about our show or how you can listen to our podcast, head on over to livewireradio.org. I'm Luke Burbank for Elena Passarello and the whole Livewire crew. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.